0: Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today you will be hearing a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dobbs entitled Genuine Faith. In today's message, he speaks about how we must have knowledge and understanding that hearing and applying the Word of God will cause us to mature, which also causes us to open our faith despite trials, persecution, and challenging times. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped by today's message. Timothy chapter, verse 3 through 5. While you're turning there, if you look at the top of your sheet, if you need a copy of this morning's sermon notes, let's raise your hand. Remember to help simple, be glad to assist you. I want you to notice in verse 3, he says, I thank God. Now, this is Paul's letter, second letter that he's wrote to Timothy. Now, to give you a background, in his first letter that he wrote, he instructed Timothy to correct some things that were going on at the church there. And let me say this to you, anytime you are a young minister, leader of the church, and you start correcting older folks, sometimes they can get a little bit. They don't like to be corrected, I'll put it to you like that. And I'll be honest with you, you can be a young person, and you you don't like to be corrected sometimes neither. Y'all should have said amen right there. That's a good place to say amen right there. So he had corrected some things in the church in in Paul's first letter. So now some things have gone on, and he, Paul, Paul has sent a second letter to Timothy. And I want you to notice in this second letter, I'm going to, actually, you look at 3 through 5. I'm going to read it starting to verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son. He wasn't just any type son. He was a beloved son, just like we are his beloved children. He, we are his beloved children. Say, so I am beloved by God. And you need to understand that when things get hard and tight and rough, you need to know you are beloved by God. And that no matter what you deal with in life, that God is going to make a way for you, no matter what. Is it good to know when, when I'm talking about when you got a hard trial you're dealing with? I'm talking about money, funny. I'm talking about children acting, ain't acting right. I'm talking about your body going through pain. Is it good to know that you are beloved by Jesus? I ain't talking about nothing changed. I'm talking about you are beloved. I ain't talking about nothing has nothing has changed, nothing has moved, but you know you beloved by God. I mean, you be sitting there talking about, going through, talking about, you know, Jesus really loved me. Oh, Jesus really loved me. Oh, my God, he must really love me. And I don't even deserve all this mercy and grace he's given me. And I'm thinking this show could be a whole lot worse than what it is right now. But because of your grace and your mercy. I, I'm sitting here right now, I'm looking at the wall, and I'm staring at the dark, I, I'm sitting in a room with the blinds closed, but God, you still are good to me all day long. 24 hours a day and seven days away, God is good to us. And so I'm his beloved son, and notice what he says in verse 2, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. And today's text, I want to start in verse 3, and it says, I thank God whom I serve with. A pure conscience. As my forefathers did. Notice there were people in Paul's line that served God with a pure conscience. And as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers, Timothy, night and day. Greatly desiring to see you, being mindful. Notice this, what he realized that Timothy had been going through. That he says, I'm mindful of your tears. For you've never been through something. Unless you start shedding some tears. Paul was addressing Timothy and he realized that Timothy, a leader of the church, had shed tears about the thing that he was dealing with. It had gotten so bad for Timothy that he had started crying and started shedding tears from the pain that he was dealing with. And I'm thinking about Timothy here and I think about us sometimes. And I can imagine that we were saved, but we still shed some tears about the dilemmas that we deal with in our everyday life. And I, I'm not talking about you little a little, te- little drop or two. I'm talking about shedding tears. I'm talking more than one. I'm talking about shedding tears uncontrollably. I'm about shedding tears to the point that you got to get several pieces of tissue to wipe the tears that are coming from your eyes. And, and you try to explain it to person A or person B, but they don't understand your pain because of the tears that you're shedding. And, and, and you're hurting on the inside and you want to say, God, you know what, I, I wish it was better. But you realize that through your tears, he's still Lord. You realize through your tears that he still loves you. And I know there's probably one or two people in the sanctuary that understand that when you walk in with Jesus, you can be saved on the Lord's side, you can be giving, you can be praying, but you can still shed some tears. Doesn't say that Timothy had got no track. Doesn't say that Timothy had started doing sin, but he was dealing with some issues, and the issues were so severe that he shed it tears. Let me tell you something. Sometimes people in your life can cause you to shed tears. Sometimes your loved ones can cause you to shed tears. I know there's a grandparent or two in the sanctuary. Now, you may not tell me, you may not tell anybody else this, but I know by the Spirit of God, you have shed some tears over your children and your children's children. And you know, and you say, Pastor, I know I taught them better than this. I know they know better than this, but why do they make the decisions that they make? And you shed some tears. Young Timothy had shared it, some tears. And in the text it says, but notice after he shared some tears, what Paul says, that I may be filled with joy. Why do you feel with joy? Because he knew even through the tears that Timothy was still saved. Even through the, even through the tears that Timothy, you knew that Timothy was going to come out on top. He knew even through the tears that that weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Even through the tears, all things work together for our good because we love God and were called according to his promise. Even through the tears, all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Even through the tears. And he says through the tears, through the tears. When I call to remembrance. Now notice this. Why do I? Why do I? why am I filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith? No, it's not just any type of faith, but the genuine faith that is in you, which, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois. My God, thank God for Lois. But not only thank God for Lois, but Lois passed it on to her daughter Eunice. And Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded it's in you also. So notice it was in the grandmother. Then it was in the mother. And now it's in Timothy. What was in them? Genuine faith. And that's my topic this morning. Genuine faith. Say that with me. Genuine faith. Again, genuine faith faith. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so much for your word this morning. We pray that the word continue to have recourse. Thank you for your presence in this sanctuary. Minister like only you can minister this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. Paul in his letter to Timothy is indicating that he is thankful for serving God with a pure conscience. As his forefathers did. You notice it here in verse 3. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. As my Forefather's Day. I served God with an inner God, the Holy Spirit, as my God, as my forefathers did. Didn't really tell who his forefathers were. Forefathers is a simple another word for ancestors, and it could have been his grandmother, could have been his grandfather, could have been several. But thank God he had somebody in his life that calls him to be where he is today. And I thank God that some must um, some of us in this sanctuary, we could have been lost on our way to hell, but we had a praying grandmother that. That helped us, a praying ancestor that helped us along the way. Somebody that prayed. Listen, I know they acting like they don't know who Jesus is. But you know, I, I took them to Sunday school. I took them to church. I took them to you church. But you know what? I know that the good steps of, the good steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Even the bad steps, God can use them for his good. Now y'all following me here? God know how to do it, don't he? And so, and though he says this, he says, I thank God I had a forefather that I served out of a pure conscience. I was led by the Holy Spirit as they were. And so he says, listen, no, Timothy, I had somebody in my life that helped me along the way. And so, uh, Timothy, don't forget that you got somebody in your life that's helping you along the way as well. So that's why Paul reminded Timothy of his strength, which, which was his genuine faith. It was sincere and open faith. And let me say this to you. It was his faith in Jesus. And These days you got to specify who you got trust in these days because folks trust in a lot of things except Jesus they are trust in their job they are trust in their intellect they are trust in a religion other than the king of kings and the lord of lords but we trust in the risen savior we trust in the one that died back on the cross at Calvary and got back up and he is alive right now I'm talking about alive 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 he's not dead he is alive he is he is my redeemer. He is my all and all. He got up from that grave and he's alive right now. Right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, right now. 2018, he's alive right now. And that's who we trust in. We put our assurance in him. We put our belief in him. We put our confidence in him. We put our conviction in him. We put our trust in him. Why? Because his word would not return back to him, boy, but it accomplished everything he sent it out to do. So if God said he's going to save you, God going to save you, he's going to deliver you, he's going to keep you, he's going to protect you, and he's going to prosper you. He's going to do it. And, and it would seem to be, even though he he was dead, he had genuine faith. It would seem to be that Timothy had been faced in temptations that were trying to hinder his belief in knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior, as well as his ability to serve him. You could be in the church and be hindered from serving Jesus. Because of why the tears that were shed by young Timothy. He had been dealing, in my opinion, with church folks, and he had shared the tears and dealing with them. Because you know, we we got people in the world, you expect for them to act a certain kind of way. Oh yeah, worldly folks, you expect for them, you know, if they cuss, you ain't surprised when they start cussing. It's, when you get into church and folks start cussing you out, amen, they are a member of this particular auxiliary, then you say, What in the world? Why in the world are you cussing? Then sometimes you got people that have been in church for years that were supposed to have, be walking by faith and not by sight will let a bill hinder them from doing what, what does say the Lord. They'll let a person talk them out of what God has called for them to do. And you've been in church for years. Why can't you understand that people gonna talk? Why they got to take you out of the will of God? Why they got to take you out of your destiny and your purpose? Cause people gonna talk. Tell you, David, I got to stay with Jesus. Oh yeah, you may run and hide, but I got to stay with Jesus. Jesus has been too good for me to leave him. Jesus has been too wonderful for me to leave him. Do you know he's not, he's loading me daily with benefits? I ain't going, tell you, David, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying with Jesus. Oh, I'm staying with him. Good God. and so sometimes we can allow distractions by the enemy, and our desire for the approval of others to gradually pull us out of the mindset of having a pure and righteous relationship with Jesus. Want the approval of others more than want the approval of God. Want the approval of, of, of my friends more than I want the approval of God. Want the approval of so-and-so and so-and-so more than the approval of God. I've got to have the approval of God. I've got that. Listen, let me tell you something because I need God. You can't. Listen, you run out of resources. You run out, but God never runs out. You don't know how to heal my body like Jesus know how to heal my body. Jesus know how to heal my body. You don't know how to deliver me. You don't know. Listen, when I'm thinking, listen, I look at you one way, but my thoughts are going somewhere else. You don't know how to get my thoughts back together like Jesus do. Man, my, my thoughts can be—I can be looking at you one day and then looking at you and all You think I'm smiling and everything, but really, I'll be, be the only one who like you. I'm mad at you. I'm smiling, but I'm really mad at you. But Jesus, look at you like, huh? I don't care how I'm mad at you are, I still love you. Like, oh God, I don't wanna. He, he said, love them that despitefully use you. I don't want to love them. I didn't say, I didn't ask you your opinion about what you want to do in this situation. I want you to pray for those that do you wrong. I said, yeah, I don't want to pray for them. I want to tell them what thus saith the Lord. I want to be like the sons, the, those sons that said, you know what, Lord caused lightning to come down on them. Lord, ca- you know what caused lightning on Y'all ain't, y'all ain't got, got mad at nobody yet. Wait till you get good and mad with somebody. And you want to call, you want to call listen, you may not cause light, but you want the car to break down. You want you want the, uh you want something to happen at their house. Not too bad, but just let them know they don't mess with me. Bend is a mind, saith the Richard, I will repay. No, I'm sorry, the is in mind, saith the Lord, I will repay. See, that's what you want to happen in your life, not the way you want it. But y'all don't probably do stuff like that. That's why I'm praying for all of us in the sanctuary. Now, our daily time with the Savior in prayer and meditation on his word will help us discern when God, ungodly thoughts and negative attitudes are beginning to take us out of the perfect will of God. Boy, I tell you, when you stay with Jesus daily, it will show you, amen, when ungodly thoughts and negative attitudes are beginning to take us out of the perfect will of God. And let me say this to you. If you stop spending time with Jesus, it should be a clue that something ain't right with you. Well, I haven't prayed all week. Oh, something wrong with you. Ain't nothing wrong with God because God is still waiting on you. But if you ain't spent any time with the Savior all week long, I mean, all week, I mean, you don't dealt with everybody else, but you haven't dealt with Jesus not five minutes. You ain't talked to Him for 10 minutes this week. I mean, 24 hours a day and you ain't spent time with God 15 minutes done all week. And you say you love him? What would it be like if I never talked to my wife all week long? We're in the same house. And then I look at her like, hm, you. Uh-huh. Let's see. I know how y'all look at me funny. It's okay, though. Oh, you. Uh-huh. And keep walking. No. Something wrong when you don't talk to Jesus. Who in the same house with you? Thank y'all for the three amens right there. Who in the same house with you, who in the same car with you, who on the same job with you, but you never talk to him all week long. He riding down the road with you. He's sitting, you talk about God is my is my God is my pilot, not my co-pilot. But yet I don't want to talk to my pilot. God helped me on my job, but I don't ever want to talk to him on my job. Oh, he helped me shop, but I don't ever want to help. Talk to him all week long? He healed my body, but I never want to talk to him about, and thank you for my healing? Well, I'm not saying pastor, who keeping me well? And I don't never want to talk to him about keeping me well? Oh, something wrong with that. Something wrong with that. Now, Timothy's genuine faith. Now, you know what this Timothy had genuine. Paul recognized, this is what you gotta understand about this text. Paul recognized in Timothy, I don't believe something Timothy even recognized in himself. And sometimes you need spiritual people around you to help you to understand what's in you. And sometimes you don't always get what's in you. You need somebody mature enough to put, bring to your attention that you operate in something that's more special than what you think you got. Genuine faith. Genuine, pure, sincere, open-minded assurance and trust and conviction in Jesus. And it started out with his grandmother, Lois. He had a praying grandmother. And notice this. It doesn't say who above his grandmother got saved first. But it does recognize his grandmother got saved. His grandmother broke free from the enemy's camp and made Jesus Christ her Lord and her Savior. Now I don't know if if, if somebody was praying for grandmama, but you know what? Grandmother got saved. Oh, somebody say, Thank God grandma got saved. I may not know as much as grandma know, but I thank God she got saved. Yeah, I might have graduated from high school and college and so forth, and grandma didn't make it that far, but I thank God she prayed for me. Because I don't care how educated you are, you need to have somebody in your corner that's praying for you. I never want to take for granted. Never want to take for granted somebody in my life that prays for me on a constant basis. Boy, you, you got somebody in your corner praying for you. You a whole lot better off than those that don't. Well, I don't want to go to grandma's house because I'm too busy. I got to go to my friend's house. I got to do this on social media. I got to do this. Let me tell you something. You need to take time out to thank those who helped you to get where you are today. Mm, I got quiet right there. I know that was a good one, praise God. I know that was good because I'm too busy to go see him. I'm too busy to go do this, that, and the other. I'm too busy. I got to go see my friends. I got to go see this, that, and the other. Oh, but when you get in a tight and Grandma got to pitch out some of that little money she got to help you out of the tight, then you got time for Grandma. Mm. Oh, they got a little tight right there, but that's okay, though. And it's okay. What happened to grandma start pitching up that little money? Then some folks get mad or so grandma will help them out a little bit when they get into the tight. Oh, you shouldn't have gotten it tight in the first place. No, well, let me get out of there because I just move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Now, she had confidence in the word of God. And was it, was it, and the word of God was at work on their family just as Peter proclaimed in his message on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 through 39. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. I want to show you how profound what Lois and Eunice were living in. Cause in Acts chapter 2, Peter preached this same message on the day of Pentecost to the believers that were listening. And notice what he said in Acts chapter 2 verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children, and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. The promise is to you, grandmother, and to your daughter Eunice, and to your son, to, to Eunice's son, t- t- Timothy. I'm sorry. This is to each one that will believe in the promises of God, and for you in this sanctuary you got somebody in your life that god has a promise on them, and they may not act like the promise is on them they may not talk like the promise is on them they may not think that the promise is on them but they can run but they can't hide the bible says train them up in the way they should go and when they are old they will not depart they can run from this but when you put the word in there they can run from you they can run from everybody else but they cannot run from the word of god that's on the inside of them See, that word will mess up a good eye. Huh? That word will mess up a good. You can't even see it right with the word working on you. Oh, look how y'all looking at me. Like you look, that's okay. That is okay. I understand. You can't even miss church that good when the word is working on you. Cause you know what's right. And when you when you have a conscious toward God, a pure conscious, like Paul talked about here, then we may understand. You can listen. You may leave me, but you can't leave your conscience. You can't leave your conscience. I'm telling you, when you know, the difference between right and wrong. You can't leave that. You can't leave that. Oh, you trying to get to the club, trying to get high with your friend. But you can't get high because you think about John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that who shall believe in is not perish, but have everlasting life. You can't even get high that good because of the word working in you. So you might as well submit. Come on in to submit your way to God and God will save you, heal you, deliver you, protect you, and bring you out of your situation. He'll do it. Won't he? He'll do it. Our prayers and our witness to our family can make the difference in them receiving eternal life. Just like Grandmother Lois did. It made a difference in Eunice's life, which also made a difference in Timothy's life. Listen, what we do can make a difference in our children's life and our children's children's life. If we do it like the scripture has told us to do. If we do it like we're supposed to do it. Now, someone... With a sincere trust in Jesus, and let me let me clarify what I'm about to say here. You can't have genuine faith just on haphazard. You got to have a consistent relationship with Jesus. You uh, uh, you can't have it. I'm not I'm not to be have genuine faith. You need a consistent relationship with Jesus. Everybody understand what I'm saying? You just, you just don't have. Listen, they don't say you have genuine faith and you show up to church once a month. They don't say you have genuine faith and you pray every now and then. They don't say you have genuine faith and when you come into the house of God, you don't know how how to give God glory for what He's doing in your life. You don't have genuine faith just on haphazard. You have a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. Everybody say a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of faith. It's a lifestyle of faith. It's a lifestyle. So someone with a sincere trust in Jesus will develop a lifestyle of hearing and applying the written and revealed word of God in their everyday life. So you're not just saved on on Sunday. You say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, slip, slave on Friday, Saturday, Oh y'all don't slip. I'm saying maybe this me, maybe this me. maybe this me. But you say more than that. See Sunday's just a culmination of what you've been living all week long. Why well, I've been living that? That's the problem. That's why somebody got to pump you up. Somebody got to persuade you to come. Somebody got to do all this other special stuff when you're not living the life you're supposed to live all week long. Oh, look how they're looking at me now. I know that might got tight for some of y'all here, but that's okay, though. That is okay. I got you today. You might not be with you tomorrow, but I got you today. You got to live this thing 24-7, baby. You got to understand that he's your Lord when you go to work, when you go shopping. When Tuesday at work, he's still your Lord. Folks not into your nerve, but he's still your king. He is still your Lord. All 24 hours of the day and seven days a week, you live a lifestyle of him. Lifestyle. And I believe that Lois and Eunice, along with Timothy, had remained steadfast and immovable in their work for the Lord. And Timothy's mother and grandma realized that the that current level of faith would not sustain them and what the Holy Spirit was telling them was coming their way based on John 16 and 13. Go to John 16:13. I'm going to explain what I'm talking about. Notice what it says in John 16 and 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, will come, he will guide you into all truth. So notice the spirit of truth going to guide us into truth. And truth we defined the other day is true for our situation. True for our situation. We need truth for our situation. Listen, truth for me is fine, but you need truth for what's going on in your life. You need truth for what's going on with your children. You need truth for what's going on in your workplace. You need truth for what's going on in your business. You need truth for what you're in right now. My truth may help you, but it won't get you answers that you're looking for. You need truth for what's happening in your life. Well, Pastor, I, 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 I like your truth. My truth may be fine, but it may not help you what you're dealing with. You need, you need truth for your situation. anybody say you need truth for your situation. You need truth for your situation. You need truth for your situation. You Everybody needs truth for their own personal situation. Tell your neighbor, you need truth for your situation. Now, tap them on the show and tell them you need truth for your situation. And so, notice what it says in John 16 and 13. He, for he would not speak on his own authority, authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And this last, last part I want to get to, and he will tell you things to come. So when he tells you what's coming, it's up to us to be prepared for what's coming our way. It's up to us to be prepared. So if I know that I got trials coming. I need to amp my prayer life a little, little bit. I know, listen, this is coming my way. I need to amp up my giving a little bit. I know this is coming my way. I need to fast a little bit more. When I know something is coming, I don't sit there and just let it come. I got to prepare for what's coming my way. Because he's showing me things to come. Either he's lying or he's telling the truth. If it's coming, I can't get mad and talking about, you know what, I didn't know that was coming. I didn't know they were coming. I, I, Lord, I didn't know you sending that my way, God. Mm-mm. No, when it, you know it's coming, you prepare yourself for what's coming. You got company coming. And you know they they eat, they eat real good. And all that you got in the house is potato chips and the popcorn and half a soda. You know, good and well, when they get in there, they'll be looking for food. Because, you know, some of my folks here, they don't say, hey, you. they walk straight to the refrigerator. Y'all ain't got folks like that. Maybe they're just me. I know some. They're hey, what's, what you got to eat over here? Because I'm hungry. And they open it up, and all they see is just a big old bright light refrigerator open up. Woo! Hold on. Where the food at? You knew I was coming. And you knew when I came, I was going to be hungry when I got him. Y'all know when some people come, they come, you know, the time they, hey, like my mom know when I come, she got to have something in the refrigerator because you know when I come, I'm going to say hey to them, but I'm headed toward, I mean, this I already know. She she, she'll be surprised when I walk to the refrigerator because you know when I come, that's part of my stopping. Are y'all following? They know. Brand new. I can't believe he's going to the refrigerator. She can't believe I'm not going to the refrigerator. That's what she can't believe. Can't imagine didn't even stop at the refrigerator. Boy, you're all right. Something wrong with you? She be taking my temperature and everything, wondering what's happening to him. Start intercessing. I'm like, oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't act brand new when God show you something. Act like, what I got to do now? You know you need to pray. You know you need. oh, I better, st- I better study this Sunday school lesson a little bit harder. Cause this talking about what I'm going through, getting ready deal with right now. He's showing me things to come. Why is it some of us, we've been in church for years and we act like a trial of something brand new to us. Think it not strange as the fiery trial that is to, is to try you, as some strange thing happened to you. Don't think it strange. Prepare yourself. It ain't, ain't going to stop it from coming, but at least it prepare you for not being turned by every wind of doctrine that comes your way. Your soul will be anchored in the Lord. Throw your anchor out, y'all. Quit acting brand new. You know what you're dealing with on your job come tomorrow morning? You know what's happening tomorrow morning when you get to your workplace? You know Friday that some of the folks going to be done got real. They're ready for your Monday. They're ready for you. They're ready. they ready. Oh, I wait for them to walk through the door. Woo! And you like, I'm ready for you to walk through the door too, baby. <laughs> but you got to prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Your child bring home some homework. No, not brand new like that. I can't believe you got homework. They in school. They gonna have homework. If they say, I ain't got no homework, start checking. Hold on, let me check. I don't, I don't know. Let me check. Let me check. Oh, come on now. You got a project to do pretty soon. Now come on, let me check. Let me check. Let me check. Then they're about, I got a project to do the next day. Oh lord. Nobody i brand new, they bring that project the next day. You better be checking your child homework. Well, I trust my child gonna tell me anything. Keep falling for that. Keep falling for that. That's why you are the parent and that is the child. Mm -hmm. Lord, let me get back to my text. I don't know where that came from, but that was somebody in him. right, Let's move on. Now, we must have knowledge and understanding that hearing and applying the word, and remember he told us to prepare ourselves, will cause us when we do this and cause us to mature, to grow up. Everybody say grow up which will cause us to be sincere and open in our faith despite trials, persecution, and challenging times. Yeah, it's going to cause us to grow up. Now, I'm not saying that, that, that you're not going to deal with challenging times. I'm, I, I pray that you don't, but when you do, I pray that you'll be ready for it. How do you get ready? Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach unless it be said? Let me tell you something. If you come and listen, this Sunday morning, this Sunday morning, many of you should be prepared when you got to deal with next week. If you're not, you just missed what I've been talking about these last 30 minutes. You're like, well, I can't believe this happened to me, God. And God he gonna replay the message to you back in your mind. That's what I've told you. <laughs> Prepare yourself for what's coming your way. Mm-hmm. Now hold on now. Somebody's got to prepare for a check, do it. Oh Lord, Lord let, let me try that again. Somebody's got to prepare for money coming our way, do it. I must say, Lord, just hit me with it, God. Go on use me, God. I, 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 Lord, you need somebody to bring a million. Lord, go on, use me, God. Ha, ta, 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 ta 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 Whoa, oh, but what come along with that check? You know what I'm saying? Now, Are y'all following me? Can you give God glory when you get five dollars like you do fifty million? Can you give God glory? I said, Lord, you want to use somebody? Use me, God. <laughs> Lord, you want me to turn in victory when I get my million? I turn, God. I turn for $10, though. I turn for a penny. I find a penny. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Because I know this penny get ready to lead to something bigger. A nickel, a dime, a quarter, a dollar, a five, a 10, a 20, a 100, a 1,000. Woo! I ain't stopping causing no penny. I, 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 I found some people, some people walk over with pennies. No, I said some people. I know y'all don't because y'all know better. Y'all know better. Y'all know better. Only reason you don't pick up the penny because you didn't see it. <laughs> That's the only reason you don't pick it up. Because you ain't that safe because you know a penny. God's going to bless you something big. Amen. Because he said, you're faithful over that small thing. I bless you with something big. I said, Lord, you must get ready to bless me real good. Ooh. Hallelujah. See, when you do that, you know, you know God getting ready to do you something. Oh, let me say this. He break you off something. <laughs> Ooh, break me off something, God. Break me off something, God. Now, Paul wanted Timothy to understand that his family's faith had been tested over time, that it worked for his grandmother, Lois, as well as his mother, Eunice. He wanted Timothy to know that if he worked his faith, and this is what it was key, in fact, if you want to, you underline this statement. You, he gave time to work. Gave time for it to work. You got to give faith time to work. You got to give faith time to work. Sometimes people want faith just to, listen, they'll believe, but you got to give faith time to work. Give faith time to work. Give faith time to work. Don't give up on God because God has you in delay pattern. Don't think that God ain't going to bless you because you're not seeing everything that your heart desires. Don't think because you're still taking the medicine that God's not going to heal your body. Don't you think, amen, because you're dealing with this relationship that God doesn't know what you're dealing with. Don't you ever think that God has forgotten about who he, the promise he made you? Don't you ever think that he forgot it, but you got to give time for it to work. Got to give time for it to work. Got to get time for it to work. Because sometimes we don't want to rush God on what we want to rush God on. But be patient when we're patient. You got to be selective with God because God will switch. It. He'll flip the script on you. I seen him did it more than one time. I, thought, I ain't worried about you. I'm talking about Richard Dobbs. I ain't talking about Pastor. I'm talking about Richard Dobbs, the Christian that pray and ask God for help. I said, God, you know what? Normally you let me have this just like that, but now I'm in delay pattern. And so what he want to see is what am I going to do in my delay pattern? What am I going to do? Am I going to see him? What am I going to sit to them? Oh, God, it's pulled me waiting again, God. What am I going to do? This is so sad. I'm just going to, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? Oh, no. I'm gonna, Listen, I'm going to give God the glory no matter what situation I'm in. That's the word for somebody this week. That's the word for somebody this week. That's the word for somebody. You in delay pattern. You've been up saying, God, how long, how long, how long? And God will say, well, give me glory while you're waiting. And I speed up the process. Boy, is that for you, my brother? Is that for you, my brother? He said, he will speed it up, you give him the glory. He'll speed it up, you give him the glory. He'll speed it up, you give him the glory. He'll speed it up, you give him the glory. We have to ask ourselves these questions. Could Paul use our faith as a witness to the next generation? Notice how how Paul used the grandmother and the mother to minister to Timothy. Can he use your faith to witness to another generation? Do we have the testimony of showing consistent, strong faith? Are we wavering along the way? See, one thing I believe about grandmother uh, Eunice and Lois, I believe that they were consistent. I didn't say they were perfect. I say they were consistent along the way. I believe that we're consistent. See, I believe many of us need to be consistent. If we can get consistency down, a lot of us will go along a lot further. A lot further. A lot further. And thirdly, are we firm and established in our belief and the power of God? Are we firmly established in our belief in the power of God? Now, I want to close with this question. My last point I want to make. I want to close with this question. Why did Paul, why did Paul Want Timothy to remain or operate in genuine favor? Because we've got to ask ourselves the question. Why does God want us to operate in genuine faith? Remember now, those what he said, Timothy, you've got genuine faith. Genuine faith that was in your grandmother as well as your mother. And let me say this to you, that I believe God wants us to operate in as well. He wants us to have genuine faith. Why is that so important to us today as believers? Why is that so important? Well, I believe I found the answer in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Turn with me, turn me to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. When we operate in faith, it gives us the victory over something. And 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 will tell us what it gets the victory over. And let me say this to you. If God has to tell you you have the victory, victory won't look like it's obvious to you. If God has to tell you that you have the victory, victory does not look obvious. You know, when I, uh, uh, let me tell you a quick example before I go back to the text. My daughter grew up doing Gymnastics. And one thing that I did not understand was scoring in gymnastics. Because they could do the routine one day, boom, get one score, do the same as that team, like it's the same as that thing, just maybe a little bit off, and it'd be like a whole different range of scores. See, I know when the basketball goes through a hoop. Either it's two or it's three or whatever. You follow what I'm saying now? Or one. Yeah, one was a free throw. Oh, I know if somebody scored a touchdown. I, I know what that means. But the other, man, listen, I, I was watching um my niece the other day, and yesterday. And I was watching her routine. I was like, Well, that looked wonderful. Scored one thing. So I can be no judge because everybody would score wonderful to me because you can turn a flip and hang like that. You deserve points. That's my opinion. But that's not their opinion. Are you all following me? Well, if victory looked like victory, God would have to tell you that you got the victory. That's, that's, that lets you know we walk by faith and not by what? So we need to know what victory looks like. And this is what what he says in 1 John 5 and 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So when we operate in faith, it gives us the victory over the world. As 1 John five and four proclaims us, what is the world? Ungodly mindset. We need victory over ungodly mindsets. We need to be victorious over ungodly mindsets. We need to be victorious in those that are alienated from God and the ways of God. People that are away from God. We need victory over those folks. We need. Let me tell you something. If you live long enough, you're going to have some ungodly pleasures, desires. You need victory over that. Now, everybody looking here because we all say and we all in the church atmosphere and we fan and we talking about Jesus Lord. But when you get back home at night and when you're in the middle of the night oh, you ride down the road and the enemy drops a thought in your head that's ungodly, you need to have victory over that thing. And you need victory over it, too. Faith will give you the victory over that. And those immoral seductions. You gotta have victory over those things. And ungodly desires, you need victory over them. And that's what faith gives us. It gives us the victory over ungodly mindsets, those alienated from God and the ways of God, ungodly pleasures, immoral seductions, ungodly desires. We need the victory over the world. And Timothy couldn't do that if he had if he didn't operate in faith. And Timothy needed to lead the people of God at the church that he was in. And I believe that Paul's forefathers, along with Timothy's grandmother and mother, want their legacy to be victorious in their endeavors with Christ. Now, I further believe that godly parents and godly grandparents want their loved ones to function in genuine faith which will cause us them to be successful, all of us to be successful in our relationships, our business, our work, our church, our finances, etc. And when we come up short, we got the Holy Spirit that will lead and guide us to all truth. When we mess up, when we come up short and we do it, we don't do what we need to do. God will give us, God has given us the Holy Spirit that will lead and guide us and get us back on track. When we have her in genuine faith, we're going to have the victory that overcomes the world. It's even our faith. And thank God for victorious grandchildren and victorious children. Amen. That are operating in a successful relationship, a successful marriage, a successful single life. A successful job situation, a successful business. You know what? You know what I love about God, and especially those got those praying for. Them. Even when grandchild come to grandma and tell me, you know what? They, they they let me go today, grandma. And grandma look and say, baby, it's gonna be all right. God will give you a better job <laughs> with more money and more benefits. Cause I'm praying for you. I'm gonna show them folks they can't mess with my grandchild. They, they can talk all that man, man they want to, but they that's my grandbaby. We've been to pray. They make all ladies in school. We'll pray. They're going to be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. Oh, God. Genuine faith. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at OCCVR.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.